when you study people who are great, people who have achieved greatness in 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 history, um, it's always someone who has um, who has served. It's always been someone who has served others, right? You think about Martin Luther King, he was of, you know, about serving others. And you think about Gandhi and you think about, you know, any of these people who have ever achieved a certain level of greatness, it's always been rooted in serving others. And so, um, and so I just see myself as, as just a servant. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I have the great pleasure to speak with Jay Jackson, CEO of Rise Interactive and Rise Creative Village. We talk about where his inspiration to help others comes from, how a passion for constantly learning and a focus on humbleness has led him to success, and his big, no massive vision for Rise Creative Village. I always feel incredibly inspired after talking with Jay, and this conversation left me ready to go after my dreams. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. Well, this is going to be a really fun episode because um, we've got lots to talk about. So, Jay, tell everybody who you are and what you do. My name is uh, Jay Jackson, and the name of our company is Rise, um, spelled R-Y-S-E, and it stands for Recognizing the Young, Successful, and Empowered. And we're in the media and marketing space. So we've done uh, media and marketing for a number of years, and um, it has actually evolved into a really exciting project that I hope to talk about today. Yes. And that project, I assume you're referring to the Creative Village. Absolutely. Rise Creative Village. Yeah, we are going to dive in deep to that. Um, But first, I just want to back up for a moment because, um, you know, you and I spent time looking at um, the building, the the Rise Creative Village, um, and it just occurred to me that you're spending an inordinate amount of time trying to help others um, succeed (laughs) in their dreams, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And I I just kind of want to go back and like, where did that, where did that type of inspiration come from? Because not everybody does that. Not everybody gets to a point where they say, okay, I've got these skills. I'm, you know, at a certain point in my career life where I can use my skills to build something and give back at the same time. Where did that come from inside of you? Uh, so that's a great question. And interestingly, um, every venture that I've always done has always been about um, helping elevate, you know, someone to the next level uh, with my first venture being a, a real estate broker. I owned a real estate brokerage for years. So um, in terms of where it comes from, I, I think it really comes from the fact that, um, you know, I, I myself come from very humble beginnings. So I'm thankful for all of the success that I have and, you know, and, and the things that I've, uh, you know, the things that I've been blessed with. Uh, and so I'm always thinking about that struggle and I'm always thinking about that journey that got me to where I am. And, and uh, for me, it's always about how can I help alleviate or help it's you know, someone else across that bridge. And how can I help someone else overcome that struggle? Who has so, served um, others, you know, it's right? just you always about been King. He was, everything that I've done has always been about, about serving others. And you think about Gandhi, um, you think about you know, any you of these people who have ever achieved a certain level of greatness. It's always been rooted in serving 
others. And so, um, and so I just see myself as, as just a servant. And so. that's 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 where i guess it, it comes from i love that, that. Makes sense. no it makes total sense were there people in your life i actually heard um somebody say yesterday that uh, a young person needs nine adults to give them validation um at, at, during their you know during their childhood that, that that's what it takes sort of on average for them to believe that they can accomplish something were there people in your life that gave you that confidence and helped you see that you could be a leader? I, I don't know if it was nine. I, I definitely know that it was more than nine. And, and there's people, you know, still in my life who um, who I lean on for, uh, you know, inside advice and just also, you know, seeing what they've been able to accomplish, accomplish. And, and it, you know, certainly um, exposes you to, to something, you know, something that you may not have ever been exposed to. And so I think about my childhood and I, I, you know, I think about my father who was in my life and he always had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit, but never had the resources to, to fully execute the things that he always, you know, had, that he envisioned. He was, you know, undercapitalized. And so he had these big dreams. He had these goals that he um, ultimately just could not, um, you know, never manifested into what he ultimately envisioned. And so, you know, I, I think about him and then I think about um, I remember, man, I was working for a, a company called Airborne Express uh, and, and it was a job. I, you know, I, I'll tell a quick story about it. Um, you know, working for this company, Airborne Express and Airborne Express is very much like um, uh, was what well, was very much like uh, any delivery service. So UPS, you know, Fed. And so I got this job working for Airborne Express. And uh, when I got the job, you know, I was 19 years old at the time. So, we're, you know, very early on in my years. And I remember um, they were assigning me a route and they gave me a route on the east side of town. And I, I grew up on the west side of, of Orlando. So I'm from Orlando, Florida. And the west side was kind of the side of town that was kind of underserved. That was the you know side that I was very comfortable with, the side of town. Um, and so, you know, kind of grew up in this in this poverty type situation. Uh, the east side where they assigned me to was, you know, delivering to more affluent areas. And I remember I was I remember saying to the manager, um, you know, if, if you put me on the west side, that's where I'm comfortable. Right. That I know that side of town. I know that that area. And so I could do a much better job. And they said, you know, either you work the east side or you find a new job. So, you know, and, you know, so I had to take that route. And for the first two weeks, I had this this poor attitude as I was delivering these packages. And most of my my route was residential. And we're talking, you know, uh, 96, 97, 98. So this was pre Amazon. And and so I'm like, what are all these packages these people are getting at their house? And I mean, just had this, this poor attitude. About two weeks into the route, I pull up at this house and and um, it was like the largest house I had ever seen, uh, you know, in my life up close at, at the time. It was probably 
two, three thousand square feet, but you know, it was bigger than, than anything I had seen. And um, so I got the courage and I said, I gotta, I gotta figure out how do you, you know, what do they do? How do you live in a house like this? And so it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I go up to the door and I ring the doorbell and I'm shaking. And you all know how the delivery drivers do. They 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 deliver your package at the front door, ring the doorbell, and they take off running back to the vehicle, and you never hardly ever see them. Uh, but this day I stood at the door and I rung the doorbell, and this gentleman answered the door. And um, and I kind of you know started talking to him. I said, my, my name is Jay, and I'm I'm your new delivery driver. And I was just wondering, how do you live in a house this big? How do you know live in a house this beautiful? And he shared with me. He said, I run a business from my home. And I said, you know, what do you you run a business from your home? What are you what are you talking about? And uh, he really exposed me to you know entrepreneurship and successful entrepreneurship. He brought me in his house that day, and I mean, you know, didn't know me from a can of paint, but really exposed me and planted the, that real entrepreneurial seed. And I said, I don't know how and or or what I'll be doing, but one day I'm going to start a business from my home. And so, and that was when the seed was planted. And I'll tell you, it shifted my whole mentality. And so, uh, yeah, you know, as I started off the story saying I had this bad attitude when I was, you know, taken out of my comfort zone, but pretty soon, and, you know, I began asking the management, hey, put me in other areas. I began ask, asking them to to put me in areas that I was unfamiliar with. And so now I'm delivering to places like Lockheed Martin um, and, uh, you know, delivering to all kind of these large companies. And, and it just exposed me to to things that I, I hadn't even fathom or imagined. And uh, it really kind of, you know, caused me to develop. And so those type of stories like that, I, I can tell you, you know, I know there's more than nine, but those are the type of stories that, you know, still stick with me today that expose me to things that um, have caused me to evolve today to where I am. Have you heard um, Jay Bailey's story of how he sort of got that same insight to, gosh, I, I, I need to run my own company, build my own yes. business? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very familiar with Jay. Yeah. Very familiar with Jay, man. And, and yep. when we when I first moved to uh moved the company to Atlanta and we were publishing a magazine, Jay was um I, I heard him speak at um at an event um that the you know center the Urban League Young Professionals was putting on. And you know, I was just, you know, um captured by by you know the, the message that he was giving to these uh young people. And so I, I knew I had he was somebody I had to connect with. And and we actually put him on the very first cover of our first Atlanta issue that we published here in Atlanta. So I'm it's very familiar with him. It's a sweet cover, by the way. He looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's like got absolutely. the trench coat or something. He's like walking yeah. down the street. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he talks. I had him on the podcast previously, and he talks about that barbershop experience where he sort of learns that the the guy in the barbershop is actually running it and owns it and owns a couple of them, and it just sort of opened his eyes. So mm -hmm. I love I love your story as well. And <laughs> thank you know thank God that person did take the time to oh yeah absolutely into you yeah. So let let's talk about Rise Creative Village. Um, talk a little bit about the vision behind what you're trying to create with this, because that's that's how we got connected. And I should start mm -hmm. by saying, you know, the very first interaction you and I had was you giving me a bunch of advice on a project I'm working on. Um, and it, it has been super helpful. Um, and since then, I've gotten to go tour with you where you're putting, <laughs> yes. you know, Rise Creative Village. So can you talk about that vision and, and uh, where it's at at this point? Yeah, absolutely. And to talk about the vision, I, I kind of have to go back, you know, to the origin a little bit and, and talk about kind of the, the origin of, of how Rise even started, because it will, you know, certainly show um, that evolution. So, you know, the Rise itself, you know, the company 
we started off as a media and marketing company and and we started because you know i had had success in the um in the real estate industry i had a, a real estate brokerage um that did very well when the market was booming back in 2003 2004 2005 um and had a lot of had a lot of success success with that i actually um owned a you know a couple uh, i owned a that was something that I kind of stumbled into um, and did well in that. And so as a result of these ventures that I had, I would be asked to speak to youth groups a lot of times because they, you know, people were resonated with my, my story. And when I would speak to these youth groups or even, you know, I would be asked to speak to college campuses as well and speak to, to college students. And many times the students would come up to me and especially the students of color, they would come up to me and they would say, man, you're so young to be doing what you're doing. And, and to see the success that you had, um, you know, they, they were really connected they really connected me with me and um and i said well what are you talking about there's a lot of people out here doing phenomenal things um that look like you all and they say well they said you know we see the athletes we see the entertainers right we see that world but we don't see entrepreneurs like yourself and uh it really you know one of those again pivotal moments that planted a seed in my head and i and and so from there i started the company rise and we started as this media company because i wanted to tell those dynamic stories of what i like to call the silent giants right these people like a jay bailey who are out here you know just doing phenomenal things whether it be uh, you know as an entrepreneur or whether it be even in a corporate environment they're striving you know to to rise to the top and so you know that was the origin of the name and so we started this company uh you know started producing this magazine we also began doing these events the rise awards and the women on the rise honors and so we were you know taking time out to spotlight and elevate these people who were just doing these great things and then and you know with the goal of also um inspiring people to kind of follow in their footsteps so it was again it was always about uplifting and elevating it and pretty soon companies like bbnt bank and pepsi and state farm and a lot of these corporate brands began to come on board and sponsor a lot of the stuff that we were doing um we began to work with these brands on um, multicultural marketing and helping them authentically connect with that key audience and also recruiting you know they, they wanted to recruit you know um, middle management you know people of color and so we had the database and so we began and, you know, working with them to, to, to you know, accomplish those efforts. Um, pretty soon, uh, we did this out of Florida. So pretty soon we, we said, okay, we need to move to a market that is a much larger market that we can begin to scale this work that we're doing. And that's when we moved the company. It was 2016, we moved the company to Atlanta. Um, just just fell in love with the city, you know, just a, um, you know, just a melting pot. You know, it, I like to call it kind of the New York of the South, right? So you have that Southern hospitality, but you have all of these corporate headquarters and it's just growing. Um, but you, so you're able to connect with key decision makers. Um, there's a bigger market, socioeconomic status is higher. And so just made, made, you know, a lot of sense for us to move here. Um, when we moved the company here, I was really intrigued by, how much emphasis the creative industry, you know, was placed on that, you know, the state places a lot of 
emphasis on the creative industry. And it's a $60 billion industry here in the state. And so, um, you know, we will work with a lot of these freelance up and coming creators to, to create content for us. And when I was talking with the creators, I'm like, hey, listen, I know you're getting connected to these opportunities. All of this production that's taking place here, Marvel is filming here, Netflix is filming, everything is filming here. And I know you're just getting connected to all of these opportunities. And many of the creatives that we spoke with, um, they would say, you know, we don't even know how to, to get connected to those opportunities. Um, many times we know, you know, someone that, that has that creative spirit, they they don't always understand business. Very talented, but don't always understand um, business per se, or don't even, don't necessarily like that part of, of um, you know, of, of it. And so, you know, we saw that as a real opportunity. As I always say, entrepreneurs, you know, what makes them entrepreneurs is they, they look at problems and they see opportunity, right? They look at it and say, man, listen, this is a real opportunity. And so, you know, we began, you know, trying to figure out what could we do that could help bridge that gap again uh, for these creatives and also become a resource in the marketplace. Um, looked at Atlanta Tech Village uh, and what they were doing and David Cummings and the work that they were doing over there with, you know, really creating an ecosystem for people in the tech industry. So if you're, you know, one thing about Georgia is, you know, especially Atlanta, if you graduate from, you know, Georgia Tech or one of these schools here, they do not want you to leave, right? They want to create an environment. They don't want you going to Silicon Valley or, 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 you know, anything like that. They want you to stay here. They want to keep that talent here. And so you think about Atlanta Tech Village is really this ecosystem or this hub for people. So if you're looking at starting a company and, you know, and I remember, I think you said that you all got an early start out of, um, out of Atlanta Tech Village. So if you're looking at starting a company, it's a place where you can you know, have an affordable office uh, office rent and you can scale, right? You can go from the lower level and scale up to the top level. Um, if you're, you know, looking at getting a job in the tech industry, that's a place where you can get connected to opportunities um, and the training and development and things like that that they have in-house in um, is significant. And so we said, what if we create something like that, that, that type of ecosystem, but targeted at the creative industry? And, you know, Atlanta for a long time has been known for or, um, you know, the creative spirit that comes out of here and the culture that is created as a result of the music industry, you know, and, the, you know, how, how that ultimately um, grew, and especially from the from the urban music and the hip hop perspective. And now you're seeing it from the film side of things. And so just really taking all of that and creating a hub for it um, that, as, as we like to say, we're curating and cultivating um, creativity. And so that's the ultimately the vision for Rise Creative Village or, or the origin, should I say, of, of where the idea and the concept came from. I love it. And then very specifically, um, both physically where you're located and where you're doing this, but also I think um, from a, a community perspective, you're, you're focusing on maybe people or creatives that don't often get the opportunities that maybe other groups do. And it mm -hmm. really struck Absolutely. me as we went on the tour and it was in a, in a neighborhood um, near mm -hmm. Tyler Perry studios. Absolutely. Really interesting. Can you, so can you talk just about that for a moment and then talk about the school uh, that, that you're, <laughs> you know, renovating to really build this place? Yeah. So, so, to your point, it is located within Southwest Atlanta. And, and what I love about it is it's in an area that has traditionally been underserved. Uh, so there's, you know, the school that we're, that we ultimately purchased, 
um, has been vacant since 2004. And it, it was, you know, they closed the school because of lower attendance in that area, um, you know, and just all the, the, the demographic, you know, you know, the, the things that were uh, becoming a challenge in that area. And so I was thankful when we stumbled across it, we had, you know, looked at other several other properties and those properties didn't work out and it wound up being a blessing, uh, you know, certainly a blessing in disguise because we wound up stumbling across this property that was probably half the price of what we were looking the last property that we were looking at but yet you know more than three times a side so the, the school was um a former you know elementary school preston arkwright elementary uh it's 31 000 square feet that sits on on four acres of land um you know for us it's just an excellent location because it's a, you know we're in what i like to call this creative corridor so you have tyler perry studios you have uh, pittsburgh yards that is being developed you have leanne white you have the met all of these are landmarks that surround us and so we're we're you know thankful to be a part of that creative spirit that's coming out of this area. Um, you know, one, one of the things I'll even mention, you know, the, just the area itself, a, a street that runs right behind the school is a street called Wichita. And one of the, you know, people that is a part of our team, Richard Dunn, uh, he's an Atlanta native and, and it was a part of the big, the music scene, very heavy. And one of the things he talks about is in this song by uh, the group Goody Mob, you know, Cujo raps about, you know, 1365 in Wichita. So he actually raps about this song, you know, that this was the street that they, that he grew up on. And so this is part of that history of the SWATs, right? This area that we're, that we're building in. And so, you know, this, this, the SWATs and, you know, which ultimately meant Southwest Atlanta too strong. And so you had so much creativity that came out of this area. And, and yes, for, for, for the goody mobs and the outcasts that ultimately found success, there are so many others that, that prop were probably just as talented, uh, but didn't get connected to those opportunities. And so we're thankful that we can come into a place that has so much history and then be able to create a, a, you know, a resource that ultimately helped um, discover a lot of this talent that has been untapped. And, and uh, so, so we're excited about that. And I will say it's not just for, you know, that type of talent. Creativity is, in my opinion, is colorblind. And so for us, it's about just really having a place that that can help people develop those those talents and those skills and uh, and then get connected to get you know, ultimately connect them to opportunities at the Tyler Perry Studios, at the Black Hall Studios, mm -hmm. at the Third Rail Studios. And so we're looking at building relationships with all of these other um, other, you know, larger scale production, you know, production sites and then and, and really um, helping people get connected to opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Access <laughs> is so important, yes. especially in Absolutely. this industry. So yeah. just for a second, can you run through a few use cases? You know, so you're a creative that's trying to do this. We're going to be the place for that. You know, like, can you, yeah. can you give us a few? Yeah. Examples? So I'll, I'll explain to you, and, and I realize I didn't do this. Thank you for, 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 for bringing me back to that, you know, explaining exactly what it is. And so um, if you think about, um, you know, somewhere like a WeWork, right? You have the co-working concept that has become, you know, very popular now. So, um, you know, I can have an affordable place to work out of and have all of these access to all these amenities. Uh, so you think about a WeWork, but, but with acoustically engineered studio spaces all around. And so we have, you know, multiple acoustically engineered sound stages that are being built out, uh, you know, podcasting studios, recording studios, uh, photography studios, um, you know, virtual reality studio, which is, you know, becoming a, a, a new wave of how things is being, are, are, you know, things are being filmed. And so having access to these innovative resources. And so now as a creative, you know, I can connect with, you know, I, I can have, uh, you know, be a member here and say, I'm a, 
I'm a screenwriter, right? And I, I'm great at writing scripts and writing screenplays. And now I can connect with a cinematographer who can actually help me bring that to life. Or I can connect with a sound engineer um, that can really help me, you know, uh, work out and, and build out the sound, you know, the sound, um, you know, the, the, the soundtrack and, and, and making sure, you know, everything, all of the components come together for that creativity. Uh, I can connect with people who can, you know, create the graphics for me. And so, you know, really creating this environment where, you know, people that that are very talented, but may have different skill sets and different things could ultimately, um, you know, collaborate and work together. And so that's that's the goal for us is to, to create these communities and make it an affordable as well. So that's that's a big thing for us as well. So so that's a you know kind of a scenario um, where where we ultimately become a, a real resource. And and included in that is not just the space, uh, but included in that is the programming component to it as well. So you know, working with um, institutional partners and working with, uh, you know, industry partners um, that we're creating programming now that I can kind of level set my skills and, and really, um, you know, take on some of these things that can help me, uh, you know, just just really uh, develop my skills. You know, I always say um, in order to be successful, you, you first have to recognize your God-given talent, right? And then you have to work hard to develop that talent into a skill. And then you have to use that skill to accomplish your goals and dreams. And, uh, and that's, that was a quote that I always use quite a, quite a bit. And then there, I realized um, later on, there was one component being left out of that, that whole equation that I just shared. And that is you have to get connected to opportunities mm -hmm. to showcase those skills as well. And so, you know, we want to ultimately, you know, help someone from, from every every level of that, helping them recognize their God-given talent, helping them develop it into a skill, helping them get connected to the opportunity so that they can ultimately be successful. Yeah. It's such a great vision. And the, you know, as we went on the tour, um, I commented on how, uh, I don't know that I would have seen that vision if I had just been driving by, but when you walk <laughs> through and you sort of painted the picture and said, and this is where, you know, studios will be. And this is where it was just like, Wow. I mean, I really think of you and Jay Bailey, two J's, mm -hmm. of having some of the biggest visions I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to think of a company and have a vision for a business you want to build, but to to really take um, an existing building and see the potential in the future. It just was, it's super inspiring. So um, I appreciate talk, that. yeah, talking I about the building that. for a second, when, when do you anticipate the first creative to be able to work out of there. I know you're early in the process, but when do you think? That yeah. Was? Yeah. So, so I'll kind of walk through, you know, even the journey that, that we are, and then ultimately where, where we, where we plan to be. So the process of, of acquiring the building from APS, as I shared with, with the, the audience, you know, it closed in 2004. So you have this property that has been sitting vacant and sitting dormant for at this point, 17 years. Right. And so, um, and so when we, when we stumble across the property, I fell in love immediately, Jeff. I, I, I'll tell you, you know, I, I knew that it was the building. I knew that it was the one for me. I actually, you know, I know this is on record now, but I, I snuck into the building and I and I <laughs> walked around because I was waiting on APS to, to to let us in. It was taking some time for us to even get a tour of the property because uh, they, you know, it was just a, a, a process. You're dealing with a semi, you know, quasi-governmental agency. So I kind of snuck into the building because it's, you know, vacant building. And, uh, you, you, and, and keep in mind, 
It's everything that you think of when you think of a building that's been vacant for 17 years. All of that was going on in this building. I mean, so you got homeless activity, you got dumping, you know, trash everywhere, you know, mold and everything. You know, all of that's going on. But I went through that building. I had a flashlight and, and um, I just knew this is the building, the way it's laid out, you know, the way it sits. Everything is just perfect for us. Even the amount of land that it sits on allows us to to expand. And it's a property that sits in the middle of a community, as you saw. And and that became a blessing. So at first it was like, okay, well, this sits in the middle of a community. But um, that became a blessing because the community began to to support the the whole concept of what we were doing uh, because they wanted something positive to happen to this facility. And so they began going down to the board of education meeting and speaking up for us. And so. Um, um, that ultimately allowed us in the midst of COVID, we got under contract and in the middle of COVID, we were actually able to close on the property. So that's when I knew it was, it was, you know, certainly purpose driven. Uh, so we closed on it in May of, of 2020 and we began working on the pre-development and getting it rezoned, getting all of those things in place that, you know, kind of the administrative part of it um, and the groundbreaking. So when we talk about when we will be open and what does that timeline look like, um, we break ground on the on the redevelopment of the existing facility um, in the beginning of fall. So fall of 2021, we'll be breaking ground uh, with the goal of a soft opening. It's about six months, about 180 days um, construction and, and um, with an opening, you know, around the end of Q1 2022. And that will be a soft opening for, for phase one. And we're going through multiple phases of, of the project, but, um, but that's what we're looking at. Yeah. So, you know, end of Q1 excuse me, Q1 2022. Got it. And in order to do that, you obviously need funding. And I know you're running a crowdfunding campaign. Um, I was happy to participate in that. Yes. Uh, it's absolutely. running, correct? Yes, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you that that crowdfunding campaign came about uh, because as we began announcing you know, this project and began sharing it with the audience. We kept it under wraps for, for quite a while because we wanted to get through some of the administrative stuff, uh, the administrative things like a rezoning. So we had to get it rezoned for, you know, to be able to do what we were doing. And um, every time we began to kind of share, you know, some details about the project, people would say, you know, I want to be involved. How can I help? How can I support? And so, um, you know, we would get that consistently and, and, and we were like, okay, well, what can we do? What can we do that will allow, you know, anyone to be able to participate? Uh, we've lined up most of the cap had lined up, you know, the majority of the capital stack that we needed to, to do construction and things like that. Uh, but, you know, what we wind up doing is carving off a piece of equity. We wind up carving off a little piece of equity um, within the within the project and saying, OK, how about we open this up and allow people to to invest? Right. And so it's not a donation. It's not a, you know, a contribution. It, it's a piece of equity. Right. And so for as little as one hundred dollars, someone can say, hey, I have a piece of equitable ownership. Um, in this concept, in what we're in, what they're doing with Rise Creative Village, and so my hundred dollars contributed to something, but now I'm a part of something that you know. Ultimately, I'll get some dividends on based on my my you know my pro rata amount that I have in, uh, but also everybody who contributes to it. Uh, are part of the Rise Tribe wall. And so we're building a, a wall in the building that will list everybody who has 
you know, contributed to to this journey. And so to your point, we have a crowdfunding campaign that is that is going on and it, it is really an equity crowdfunding campaign. So it's not a donation, uh, but you have equity. But, you know, a person can go to, um, you know, cr- creative at, or create Atlanta. I'm sorry, www.createatlanta.com. Um, and uh, there's a link there. You can, you can go to our, our existing website or you can go to the page, the WeFunder page that was created for people to be able to contribute. And so I'm thankful we're at the very early stages of it. And Jeff, you were a contributor and I appreciate that, really do. Um, and uh, thankful for everybody who has contributed thus far. Um, and we have a limited amount. So uh, so if you're interested, you can go there and, and, uh, and contribute and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and help make this dream come true. No, honestly, it was such a great idea. Um, and then once I got done with the tour, it was the first thing I thought, how can I help some some way, <laughs> exactly. shape, or form? One idea was, I'll have you on the podcast and we'll share this. But, but, but the more important one, I'd love to write a check. So um, I'll, I'll definitely have the link in the show notes. And hopefully, you know, those of you who are listening to this, um, this is the, the best way right now to get involved and be a mm-hmm. part of this experience. So I'm going to mm-hmm. encourage everybody to do that. Uh, appreciate okay, it. So I've got a few things that I always ask my um, guests at the end, but is there anything else you want to share before we jump into those questions? Man, I think I, I think I shared quite a bit. <laughs> I think I shared quite a bit. Um, I can get talkative because I, I get very passionate about the work that we're doing and about the impact um, that we can have as a resource for the creative community of, um, of Georgia and um, and ultimately, you know, you know, expanding that uh, on a nationwide and as you know, a couple of my team members, you know, make sure they point out on a worldwide. So the goal is to take this one location and then replicate it in other markets so that uh, we have this ecosystem across the nation and even some other sites uh, around the world to just foster and develop um, the creatives and get them connected to significant opportunities. So that's all I'll share. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <For> that piece. <laughs> you threw in a, a- global part of this that was awesome <laughs> absolutely um, yeah no it's, it's just such a great vision um I, I, i'm truly inspired by what you're doing so thanks for sharing that on the on the podcast so a couple of questions i love to ask when okay. i meet somebody like yourself i'm always curious what, are there any characteristics or a mindset or something that that you have that has allowed you to be successful thus far uh, characteristics. I'll say I'm a constant student, right? So I am a constant student and I believe in, you know, just always learning. And I, and I learn um, from a, di- you know, I learn very different. And so, um, you know, so I, I'll say that constantly to this day, I had a, a call before we had this, this, this chat here uh, with someone who was educating me about, you know, a portion of the industry that we're going to be evolving into with this project. And I just love to, to learn. And so I think the characteristic of, of learning um, is, is very, very crucial, very, very key, um, you know, in, in, in order to obtain success. And, and another thing is that um, I do think there, there has to be a certain level of, of humbleness to you. Um, because here's the thing I always tell people, you know, I don't know at all. And I really treasure surrounding myself with people who are much smarter than me in the, in their area areas of strength. Right. And so I know, I know my strengths. 
I embrace my strengths. I also know my weaknesses and I embrace the fact that I do have weaknesses. And so I'm always trying to surround myself with people who fill those gaps. And so I'm like, this is what I do well. I focus on what I do well. And I like to have people around me that are, and I'm not intimidated by people who are much smarter than me. I'm actually um, encouraged when I, when I come across people who are, who, who are just as passionate as I am and just as, um, uh, you know, have such a strong desire to be uh, the best at what they do in their area of strength. So I, I would think those would be two things that I would say are yeah. characteristics of success. Yeah. What I love about that, Jay, is that I, I tell my kids all the time um, that there's no such thing as a million dollar idea, that mm-hmm. it's all in the execution. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. What, what you just described, um, you know, always learning, um, always trying to better yourself and being humble enough not to think you can and should do it all and surrounding yourself with people smarter than you in, in certain areas. Those are two things that fall into that execution. Like you can have the best idea, this Rise Creative Village. You could have had that, but if you weren't willing to continue to evolve and learn and you weren't willing to surround yourself with amazing people because you had to be the hero, it yes. probably never would be happening. So I, yes. I, I can clearly see that those two things help you in what you're doing. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, are there any inspirational quotes? I know you sort of mentioned one earlier, but like, is there anything that you go to? Oh man. Um, oh man, I'm a quote guy. And so, <laughs> you know, I can usually pull them out, you know, I, I can right. usually pull them out for every situation, but um, I guess one of those quotes you know, that, that I have always lived with and study and I, I mentioned it at, I mentioned it earlier and it is, um, you know, in order to, to achieve success, you have to first recognize, you know, your God given talent, right? You have to recognize what is it that comes natural to me. And that can be difficult at times uh, because sometimes we take our gifts um, for granted because we, it just comes so natural to us. And so that is the second part of the quote is recognizing your God given talents, working hard to work hard to develop those talents into skills and utilize those skills to accomplish accomplish your goals and dreams. And that's a, a quote that I, that I live by among many other quotes, but I think that's one that I always try to relate to people um, because it's, you know, it's that, that simple. <laughs> and so, and so many people never get there. So that's yeah. terrific mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. Okay. Final question. I, I know you love to learn and I see some books behind you. <laughs> I'm just curious, are there a couple of books that that you point to yeah that you're like and it could have been something you read as a child it could have been something you read last week but like that really made an impact on your life um when we talk about books you know to your point you know i'm a constant student um i'll tell you i'll start off with an author that is probably my my favorite author and that is malcolm gladwell uh malcolm gladwell is i mean I just absolutely love um, his work because he always looks at things from a, a unique perspective and digs down into it and really explains uh, explains things in a, in a unique and, and you know unique perspective. And it the first book I read for for him you know really changed my life, and it was the book Outliers. It, that wasn't his first book, but the book Outliers um, is one that changed my life for me. And and I'll say it it changed my life because um, he talks about the fact that there's different types of types of intellect and and you know for all these things that I'm sharing with you and for all the success that that I'm, I'm thankful that I've had um one of the things that you know I was very I was very self-conscious about was uh, when I was in school I, I I you know I did well in school but I didn't necessarily like school just you know and I mentioned that I'm a constant student and so so that's interesting because I just I didn't like 
you know, I didn't like to the traditional format of school and and I always felt, you know, a bit inferior. I felt like, OK, man, everybody's smarter than me, you know, and, and I, I had all of these um, kind of inferiority complexes about me. Um, but when I read that book and I was probably in my 30s. Um, when I read it. And so I had navigated through a lot of, of life and had done well. But this book, Outlier, he talked about, um, you know, different types of intellect. And he talks about the, the fact that, you know, there's an analytical, an analytical intellect that they are that loves to learn from the book and to the traditional way of learning. And then there's a, a different type of intellect that deals with creativity. And he talks about how you just learn different. And, and as a result, you know, you, the IQ test, you, you, you may not score as well on the IQ test, but there's other tests that test different types of intellect. And it really began to get me to understand myself. And I, I understood, you know, my learning style. And I understood that, you know, I am a constant student, but I just need to learn a different way. I learn a different way. Like I'm, 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 I'm the guy who is, who likes the teacher that is telling the stories like, the real world story. So I like a teacher that has the real world experience and they're in there going, telling their, their stories. And you got the other students are like, just stick to the book, stick to the book. I just want what, what I need to pass the test. I'm the person that wants to hear the stories, the lessons, and, and I'll just eat it up. Right. And so, um, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, you know, all that to say that Malcolm Gladwell is one of my favorites. And then, you know, Outliers is one of those life changing books. But every book that he's had, you know, that he's written, I think, has been a great book for me. And then there's one other book that um, was along the same lines. Um, and it was a gentleman by the name of Sir Ken Robinson, who actually passed away, you know, um, not too not too long ago. Uh, but he had a book called The Element. And The Element was another again, life-changing book. And he talks about just the fact that, you know, when you operate in your element, you know, that's when you truly find success and you don't know what that element is, but you have to figure it out. And it may not be the traditional path that the traditional school system sets you on, but um, it's, you know, just finding what it is, what that element, where you're operating in your area of passion and your area of strength, then um, you'll find success. Mm, Two Great recommendations. <laughs> Absolutely great. Well, Jay, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I know you've got a lot of balls in the air, um, but I wanted to, to get a chance, A, to hear more of your story, but also to share with people um, the great work that you guys are doing. So again, I'll put a link to you know the website and to the crowdfunding campaign, but um, I'm excited for people to get involved because it, it truly is a, a remarkable vision that you guys have. I appreciate it, Jeff. And thank you for having me. And, I, you know, I'm always happy to to share, um, you know, in, in anything that could hopefully inspire and uplift someone to to rise uh, to the occasion. <laughs> right on. All right. I hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 